0: You're listening to the Metro L.A. Podcast, an official podcast of the L.A. International Church of Christ. Good evening. Aloha. Buenas noches. Welcome to Metro Vision Studios. My name is Reese Kia Aina. Uh, I want to thank you so much for your time and attention and joining us for midweek service tonight. I would like to be the first to present to you, Mr and Michele Andrade. They were just recently married last week, and uh, congratulations to them. Uh, they're currently the last of all the, the marriages and the weddings that have gone on so far during COVID-19. Uh, big congratulations to them. So encouraging. We are in week eight of isolation right now. And uh, I want to ask the question, how are you doing in, in, in week eight of isolation? I know there's anxiety, fear, but there's a lot of things that God is doing that is very encouraging as well. Let's be disciplined. Let's keep practicing social distancing. Let's uh, wear our masks. Let's practice personal hygiene. We've been doing a series entitled Seeing Life from God's View. And I hope it's been very encouraging to you in your faith. Uh, looking to get a 30,000-foot perspective, because sometimes we, it's easy in crisis to have tunnel vision, and we want to have a larger perspective so that we can actually see clearly. Here are the four lessons that we have done so far. Uh, finding God's plan in the midst of crisis, focusing on the eternal, to be joyful in crisis, looking for the good, in the challenges of crisis. And then last week, we did a lesson called Realizing You Are Made For Such a Time Is This. And I hope you were very encouraged by last week's lesson to build your self-esteem and build your faith so that we can continue to be doing what God is calling us to do. Our lesson tonight is entitled this, is Realizing Now Is The Time For Action. Realizing Now Is The Time For Action. In Colossians chapter 1, just look at your screen, uh, Paul says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You know, one of the things Paul talks about, about this passage here, is that he heard of the Colossian disciples' faith and love. Faith and love are tangible. It could be seen, it could be heard, it could be felt. And in this church here, all over the world, the gospel was bearing fruit and and going throughout the whole world. Now, here's a question I have for you this evening that I'd like you to consider and think about, is how did the early Christians spread the gospel worldwide with less money, less resources, less support, and certainly less technology than we have today? I mean, think about that question. How is it that the gospel was spread throughout the whole world with less of everything? And uh, what we're going to be talking about today is just that. And it's what it says in this chapter right here, in chapter one. It was their faith and it was their love. You know, there's a book called The Rise of Christianity, and this book is about how the message of Jesus was spread, spread throughout the world in the first four centuries of its existence. And do you know how the gospel spread, though? Uh, this may shock you. This might surprise you, how the gospel spread. And there's two ways the gospel spread throughout the whole world. And it's this right here. It's through persecution and through pandemic. Is that what you were thinking this evening? Is that the gospel spread throughout the whole known world through persecution and through pandemics? I know when I was doing my research for this lesson, I was very surprised by this. Is that I'm not saying that God is the one that caused the persecution or caused the pandemics. Life happens, right? And in the midst of different crises and tragedies, these two uh, ways, if you will, persecution and pandemics is the catalyst, perhaps, that launched Christianity and moved them forward. And sp- the gospel was spread throughout the world by how the disciples responded to it. You know, Charles Swindell has this quote here. It says, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Isn't that true? I mean, we are always going to have trials take place in our life. It's happening. It's coming. If you haven't had a trial this year, it's gonna. It's coming. Things just happen in life. Persecution happened in the first century. Pandemics happened in the first century. Difficult times come to every single Christian. And out of that, whatever is coming your way, 90% is how we handle it, how we respond to it, how we react to it. And that's what our lesson is going to be about tonight. Often, you know, in God's world, he sees things much differently than we do. And when disruption happens, we have an opportunity to look at the world a little differently because of that disruption. His thoughts are certainly higher than our thoughts, certainly pure than our thoughts. His ways are much more unconventional than conventional. And I hope tonight will encourage you as we go through this lesson about the early Christians. And so one of the first things that happened to the early disciples, they, they were faced with tremendous, tremendous persecution. And I want to go through a story with you in Jerusalem. As you look at the screen, when, when, when the church started in Acts chapter 2 and verse thir- 41, the message was preached and 3,000 people were converted as disciples. In Acts chapter 4, the first persecution hit and, and still 5,000 men were converted. The number went up to 5,000 men. Peter and John were jailed and were, were thrown in jail basically for preaching the word. In Acts chapter 4, one of the things in verse 13 that is recorded is that the people who were following and, and spreading the gospel at that time We're just unschooled, ordinary men. And so if you have any kind of education, you're further along than many of the disciples in the first century. But what was so profound about the early disciples was that they had courage because the Bible says in verse 13, they had spent time with Jesus. Spending time with Jesus gives us courage. Think about how much you've spent time with Jesus over the last, you know, two months, basically. Uh, if you've not spent much time with Jesus, chances are, uh, your courage may not be as high. And so ordinary people did extraordinary things because God gave them great courage in the midst of challenging situations. In chapter four and verse 16 to 21, uh, you know, as the disciples, as they got out of jail, they were faced with uh, not speaking about Jesus anymore. And Peter and John were like, no, nah, man, I am, sp- I'm not going to stop speaking about Jesus. Uh, I have been a witness to Jesus, death, burial, and resurrection, and I'm going to preach the word. And, and God used these unschooled, ordinary disciples to have extraordinary courage to do amazing things in his world. Now in Acts chapter four, turn it with me there. This is where we're going to pick up in our reading. As they were released, as Peter and John were released, in Acts chapter 4 and verse 23 it says, On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, You made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father, David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now consider, now Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. You know, as, as, as we look into the book of Acts in chapter four, as persecution hit, Peter and John were jailed. They were thrown in prison. God worked it so that they would get out of prison. They went back to their fellowship. They shared the news. They prayed. They understood the Spirit's role in challenges that the Spirit is always guiding the church and leading the church toward new possibilities, new outcomes, uh, new ways of thinking and doing things. And then in, we pick up in verse, uh, chapter four and verse 29 to 31. What they prayed is they prayed for boldness. And here's the first point I want to make tonight. That when we're in the midst of challenge, it's important to understand that the early Christians prayed for boldness to preach the word. Amen. They, they prayed for boldness to preach. What they did not pray for is for God to take away the persecution. You know, I'm such a wimp sometimes. Because when I'm in the midst of hardship, often I pray immediately the first thing, God, take this away from me, without realizing God may be trying to grow my faith. God may be trying to deepen me, to to help me to get to the next level spiritually. I mean, how many of you want to get to the next level spiritually? Often, many times people want to be a Paul, but they don't want to have the suffering that goes along with Paul. And what I love about the early Christians is they prayed for boldness to preach the word in the midst of the crisis that they were going through and the persecution. They prayed for God to enable and empower them with courage. Isn't that awesome? Uh, you know, it's, it's the difference. It's like playing sports and it's like playing to win versus playing not to lose, right? Which one would you rather have? Would you, would you rather play to win? Or would you play not to lose? And it's a completely different mindset when you're playing to win versus you're playing just to hang on and just to hold on. And it's easy to do that in this crisis. And I want to encourage you tonight as, as we've been through, uh, eight weeks of isolation so far. It's easy to kind of just kick back now and kind of give in to a lot of some of the discouragements that are coming, but let's learn from the early Christians to pray with boldness. Let's pray for boldness in our faith and in our congregation to preach the word instead of perhaps praying for just the obstacles to go away. Because there is faith to be learned in this. There's new ways of thinking and doing things that we're going to learn as we pray to be enabled and empowered with courage to do some great things for God. Amen. So look at how the early Christians responded to persecution. The second thing I want to talk about is Christianity and pandemics. You know, pandemics have been, as I was doing my own Bible study in this, I didn't realize that pandemics were all throughout history. In fact, more than I thought. And I want to show you a slide right now of some of the pandemics throughout history from the second century to present right now. If you look at the top left of uh, my screen here, uh, the Black Death or bubonic plague was in the 1300s. The death toll was over 200 million. And when I'm talking about this, each of those balls that you see show how big of a pandemic, it actually was. If you look on the far bottom right over here, you'll probably see COVID coronavirus is third from the bottom right, and it's just a small dot. And I'm not saying I'm not trying to minimize any deaths. All deaths are bad, devastating, discouraging, and and we pray for all those who have been sick and all those who who've passed away because of this and are fighting for their lives right now. My my. Talk here has, it has nothing to do with minimizing any kind of damage or any kind of debt that has taken place already in this world in the midst of this pandemic that we're in now. But if you look throughout this whole death toll here slide, you get to see all the different types of plagues that have existed throughout history. Some of the worst pandemics, there are five worst pandemics. The first one was the bubonic plague in the 1300s in Europe. The second was in 1918, the Spanish flu. The third was HIV and AIDS. The fourth was the Justinian plague, and the fifth was the Antonine plague. What I want to talk about tonight is hopefully get some a little bit of perspective that our brothers and sisters in the first century endured pandemics of mass proportions, and I hope that helps us to get some perspective. In the first century, they just dealt with persecution galore. I mean, I'm talking everywhere they turn. They were always having to be in a crisis of persecution, and that's also part of the reason why their faith is so deep and so rich, because they were doing some amazing things by pushing through difficult times. But the 2nd and 3rd century, if you look at that slide, the Antonine Plague that took place in 165 to 180 AD, and this pandemic here hit the the church in the 2nd century, and This pandemic started in China and ended up, they they think it started in China, but somehow made its way to Rome. This pandemic was similar to smallpox or measles that the Roman army coming back from West Asia brought back to Rome. And this pandemic killed off a fourth of the Roman Empire. Estimates are that approximately 5 million Romans passed away because of this second century pandemic. You know... The difference between a pandemic and an epidemic, you know, I hope my terminology is okay here. An epidemic is an outbreak that takes place in a region or a specific geographic region or an area. A pandemic is when an, uh, an epidemic or an outbreak goes from one city, one country that ends up having a passport. It goes from country to country to country. So like the COVID-19 obviously is a pandemic because it went from a country and spread through different countries throughout our world. But it happened in the first century too, throughout the whole known Mediterranean world. Uh, it came from China, a, a faraway land, went to Rome. And next thing you know, over 5 million people passed away. But here's what's interesting about it as well, is do you know how long the second century Antonine plague lasted? Now, we've been in COVID-19 isolation in, in the U.S., at least for us in L.A., for a little over two months, a little over eight weeks. This plague lasted 15 to 20 years. Just let that just think about that for a second is the early Christians had to deal with this plague for approximately 15 to 20 years. Third century, uh, another plague hit the Mediterranean world, and it was called the Plague of Cyprian between 250 and 271 AD. This pandemic, similar to the Antonine Plague, uh, started off in Ethiopia, ended up through Rome, in Greece, and then all throughout Syria. This pandemic was similar to what, was, what we now know is like the Ebola virus. And this pandemic claimed millions of lives. At its worst, this plague killed up to 5,000 people per day in the Mediterranean world, especially in the Roman Empire. And like the Antonine Plague, this plague also lasted roughly around 15 to 20 years. So what do we learn from this? Is that the plagues in the first, second and third century didn't last for two to three months. And it helps us to get some perspective to kind of, you know, knock us out of a little bit of a, a funk, if you will, by going, wow, eight weeks is tough. And it is. I'm not downplaying it. But our, our brothers and sisters in the early church in the second and third century went through a pandemic that lasted 15 to 20 years and they lasted. They made through it. We can gain so much encouragement from that as we go through our pandemic as well. Amen. And the second thing we can learn from that is the early Christians did what you and I are called to do every day, which is to respond with faith, like in Colossians chapter one, with faith and love. That's, that's what they did. The early Christians were known for their faith and love in the midst of these pandemics. And their response led to the rise of Christianity and a type of action that just spread the gospel all throughout the world. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be used by God like that. You know, I'd like to see our church to explode to exponential growth uh, spiritually as well as numerically by how we handle our response in the midst of coronavirus and our pandemic that's going on in the world right now. In John chapter 13, the second thing I want to talk about is this. is a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, the early disciples were known throughout the world because of their faith. They weren't known for their intellect. You know, I don't feel like I'm, uh, you know, I don't feel for me. I don't feel like I'm one of the sharpest tools in the shed there, right? I, I, I'm a simple guy. I love to do things in a simple way. It needs to make sense. But thank God that the early Christians weren't just known for only their intellect. That would have mean that only certain people would have been able to make it, made it through that time. But they weren't known for just intellect. They were known for their love. They weren't known for their appearance. They weren't known for their good looks. And in the COVID-19 period, you know our hair, thank God it's not just looks, right, but in this pandemic, in the early second and third century, what they were known for is their love they were It was simple, it was effective. Well you go, well, what's the big deal about this passage? like always, right? whenever we learn things in context in the bible, it brings it brings something out of the scriptures. Now, go with me to John chapter thirteen. In in verse 1, love this passage, and it helps to illustrate this, this scripture about when Jesus was telling the disciples, love one another. A new command I give you, the world is going to know you if you love one another. In John chapter 13, verse 1, it reads, it was just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand in verse 12 what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. You know, one of the things that the early disciples did was they had a great example by seeing Jesus show them what love looked like and that he ended up washing the the disciples' feet. And so when Jesus gives the command in John chapter 13, 34 and 35, love one another, we all go, of course, of course we're going to love one another, right? But if you understand the context of this passage, Jesus was loving and the disciples, especially Judas and Peter. He was washing the feet of Judas and Peter who would betray him, sell him for 30 silver coins. And Peter would go, I don't even know Jesus. Now, would you wash those guys' feet? That's what this passage is. That's the context of this passage. I mean, for me, I'd be like, man, you know, jeez. I don't know. I know I wouldn't be, if I was washing one of those guys' feet, I might nick off one of their na- toenails or something, man. Like, to know that I'm going to be washing the feet of people who are going to betray me later. To love somebody like that, that's the difference between Jesus' love and my love. Jesus' love, it hurts him. It cost him something to love people that would end up betraying him. And that's what I love about the first century disciples. They were, they had a, such a great master that they were able to do that during these plagues, during these pandemics. The early Christians, if you look all through history books and all that, the early Christians were the ones who, who, who were, who were in, out in the public, out helping people going through difficult times. Now, obviously, we're practicing social distancing. We should be doing all those things. But one of the things I love about the disciples is they had faith and they had love. And I hope that gives us courage and inspiration even to be able to respond like them in the midst of our coronavirus pandemic. How did the early disciples respond to persecution and to crisis like a pandemic? Well, they prayed for boldness to preach the word. Look up right now because God may be putting people in, in, in your presence online when you're, when you're, when you're going out shopping and things like that. And obviously we want to wear masks and be safe, but, but people are open right now. People are, are wanting to know more about God as they're, as they're contemplating their existence is their life after death. We have an opportunity more now than ever. Now is the time for our fellowship to reach out and, and be able to Make a difference in this world. Amen. The second thing they did that responded is they loved and served those around them till it hurt. And that's what the early disciples did. That's something you and I can both do. Well, why is this important for us, okay, to know? It's because you are part of a family that has a history of changing the world. You are a part of a family that had a history of changing the world. But why is this important also to know is because in the midst of a pandemic, Jesus is counting on you and I to share our faith, to, to have faith and love in a difficult time the same way that was extended to us in our time of need as well. So let's work it. So what's the practical today? Okay, the first two points was they prayed for boldness. They loved and served those around them till it hurt. Well, what's the practical? Here's the practical. Use the faith and love you have now. Do what you can when you can. If you're like, I don't know if I can right, then take a break. If you need to have a break, take a break. If you're going through uh, a difficulty right now, perhaps take a break. But for those of you who are able right now, do what you can when you can. Use the faith and love that you have right now. I want to give you an example and then we'll close out. And this is a picture of coffee cake right here. And this past week, Montel... Our good old proverbial usher, good old Montel Johnson, gave Robert and I each a coffee cake to it just to encourage us. And you know, we're so encouraged by it. But here's what makes this coffee cake so special to me is two weeks prior, two to three weeks prior, Montel lost his job and he was running low on money. And he needed to go to the food bank to go get food. And I believe he got some food. But here's a guy who is trying to encourage me and Robert when he has needs. That moves my heart. You know, I, I, I caught wind of it. I was like, bro, you don't have to get, and he was like, Reese, can you just be quiet for a minute and just accept the coffee cake I gave you? I love you. I wanted to encourage you and Robert. You guys do a lot. Thank you so much. I go, Montel, let me, you, you don't have to, he just be quiet and just say thank you, bro. And I, I got discipled in it. I said thank you. But that's what I'm talking about. That's faith and that's love that in this time of, need right now, if we can just extend a little bit of faith and a little bit of love, it makes all the difference in the world. Thank you, Montel. I know, Montel, you're going to probably get 10, 15 coffee cakes after this, my friend, but I appreciate it. And that's what faith and love, it's tangible. You you could see it, you could hear it, you could feel it. The early Christians' faith and love were tangible. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I want to let you know just the story of what God is doing in our fellowship, and then I'll close out is this is a picture of Robert doing a leaders meeting in February. And in February, this meeting was with all of our leaders in Metro LA talking about building our church. And I want to show you our story of glory, if you will, how God has been moving in our fellowship. And he talked about these seven keys to a healthy church in the 21st century, having great worship, community service, Mission being mission minded, next gen orient, like raising up the next generation, strong small groups, a strong Spanish ministry, an excellent web presence. And this is what we talked about in February. And I want to share you our story today where for a while, man, we, we were having a difficult time in our fellowship and our metro story is God reaching out to us and, and look at what's happening in our fellowship now, worship. Do you think our worship has changed? Absolutely, our worship has gotten I mean, you know, they had cool in the gang. We got Keys in the gang right now, right? James and LaTanya Keys have been working with our our group of people to really help build our fellowship. Jerry Downing's been in charge of our community service as a congregation. We were doing some things early on, and then next thing you know, COVID-19 hit. So we'll probably get back to doing more things there. We're we're trying to get mission-minded. If anything, we could be a little bit more mission-minded. We're working on our next generation focus of raising up our youth, our small groups. Almost everyone's in a small group right now. It's been super encouraging. We have a Spanish ministry that people from, you know, Robert's been having different Spanish speakers from around the world speak to our Spanish ministry because we want to have a strong Spanish ministry. And we have a strong, we're working on having a strong Spanish ministry of disciples doing amazing things for God. We wanted to have a web presence. We have a web presence. Last Sunday, yeah, our Congregational Sunday, we had over 850 views, I believe, which means we probably could have, may have had almost a thousand people tuning in, watching our congregational service just on the Metro LA live stream. I mean, God is doing some amazing, amazing things. And so I want to encourage you tonight. You know, that a little bit of faith and a little bit of love with God goes a long way. You know, the only necess- only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. The worst thing that can happen is to do nothing. But if you do something small, God can do miracles through that small faith and love. Here's what you can take a picture of this of what you can do in your discussion groups tonight. Is pray as a group for boldness. Pray for boldness as a group that our group would learn to be bold, not individual. Our group would learn to be bold in speaking the word of God. Another question is, how has someone shown love to you in the Christian life? Amen. To remember that love has been shown to us and let's express that in our groups. And third is, what is the spirit calling you to be or do in the COVID-19 crisis? It's a challenging time, but it's also an exciting time. And God wants to use us Let's be paying attention to how the Spirit may be leading us. And so what did we learn tonight? Is that the gospel spread to the world. Well, how did it spread? There's two ways that it spread may shock us, may surprise us. It spread through persecution and it spread through pandemics. Again, I'm not saying God made those things happen. Life happens. And yet how the disciples responded to those, to the persecution as well as to the pandemic. Well, how did they respond? They prayed for boldness to preach the word. They loved until it hurt. Why is this important for us to know? Because we're empowered for action. Now is the time for action in our spiritual lives. Well, how can you go about doing that? Use the faith and love that you have now. God used the early Christians in the first century to spread the gospel throughout the known world. And perhaps in the 21st century, God will use us too. Thank you so much for your time, your attention. Have some great discussion groups tonight. Bye-bye. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.